John chapter 10, verse 27. I'm just going to read one verse today. Just, just one. This is, and this is Jesus speaking, by the way. And this is what he says. He says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me when I call. Lord, we thank you for your voice this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we can pray for ears to hear what you are saying. And Lord, I pray this morning, God, you would open our ears to be able to hear exactly what you want us to hear. I pray you would teach us that we would would be teachable and that, God, we would learn how to hear your voice, how how to discern your voice. I pray that right now over each and every one of us, not only in this room, but those watching online, whether live or later, Father. I pray there would be such an anointing in this place that we would be able to hear the voice of God. I pray that that from this day forward, oh God, there would be such a desire and a hunger inside of us to be able to hear your voice. And so right now, I bind any voice that sets itself up against the knowledge of who God is right now. Hallelujah. I lose every single one of us by the Spirit to hear your voice today, God. Yeah, Jesus. I pray, Lord, right now I would begin to decrease and your Spirit would increase, Lord. God, we don't need some articulative word, but God, we need your Spirit here today. I need your anointing, Jesus, to help me present what it is I feel you've given me, oh God. It's your anointing that will break the yoke. It's your anointing that unplugs or unclogs our ears, oh Father. And Lord, I thank you that you're here. I thank you for it, Jesus. I pray you be blessed by this word, oh God, that you would take joy in what you hear today, my King. And I pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Before you're seated, just high five, five people. Tell them this, have faith to hear. Tell them, say, have faith to hear. Have faith to hear. Amen. Well, I know it's good to see each and every one of you here today. Amen. So we are in a series titled Faith. Someone shout faith. And look, we've been in this series, man, this faith series for 12 straight weeks. This is actually week 13. And I have to be honest with you, I have absolutely no clue Uh, when the end is. Like, there's no end in sight. God hasn't told me even a little bit, like, hey, it's going to end around this time. I have have no idea. But but that's okay, because what that means is, is he has more to give to us. He has more to, to reveal to us, because we have more we need to receive from him. Amen. Amen. So I'm, I'm excited about it. And, and look, I don't know about uh, any of you, but, but for me, man, I love the fact that we serve a God that the depths of his understanding no man can fathom. I absolutely love that. I love that I can't fully understand every aspect of the God I serve. I love the fact that I can't logically right, put together everything God is and everything that he desires to speak, right? Because for real, like if 
I think if I could fully get it and I could fully understand everything God desires to, to speak all the time and I would know when his end is and where we're gonna go every single time, I think I would get bored. <laughs> Just to be honest with you, it, it's sort of like this. If, if God would have given me the ability to fully understand everything a woman thinks, right? Like, <laughs> my marriage would become boring, but because I have absolutely no clue, right? Like, I can't figure out how my wife comes up with the things she comes up with. Our marriage is never dull uh, for one moment. <clears throat> I love my wife. She knows I love her. No, but, but for real, I love the fact that I can't fully comprehend all that God is. I love the fact that I, I still have, have so much more that I need for him to reveal to me because, man, that makes our walk with him that much more exciting. It really does. It makes actually us have faith in who he is. See, if we could fully see and we could fully comprehend, well, then we just remove faith. Faith, faith is gone at that, at that point. And so, man, I, I, I love that. You know, I've had people that, that I've run into that, that I used to run around with, right, back in the day, uh, BC, right, before Christ. Let me make that clear. And, you know, they would say stuff to me like, um, well, what do you do for fun? <laughs> This is what they say to me. And they're dead serious, right? Like, what do you do for fun, Keith? Now that you don't, you don't drink, you don't go to bars, like you don't party, you don't smoke, you don't do any of these things anymore. So, so what do you do, do for fun? And, and to be honest with you, man, it, it really breaks my heart for them uh, because I've been exactly where, where they are. I have. I, I've done everything that this world has to, to offer me. And I'm telling you, there's nothing like serving Jesus. I mean, there's absolutely nothing, nothing like it. Every day with Christ, it's a brand new adventure. It really is. Now, am I saying that every single day is a fun adventure? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's not always fun, right? Because one day I'm, I'm ministering to a couple whose marriage is falling apart. It's not fun. Or, or someone close to me had just lost a loved one. That, that's, that's not, not fun. But then, then another day, man, I'm, I'm getting to talk and minister to a couple who's about to get married. And, and man, they're, they're walking in this abundant life that Christ has for them. And then on the next day, I'm ministering to a person who's struggling with drug addiction. But then the next day, I get to talk to someone who has been set free from drug addiction by the power of Jesus Christ. And so, man, it's it's quite an adventure and there's a brand new one every single day. And although it isn't always fun, knowing that he's always with me is always comforting, right? Knowing that I know the one who is the answer to all life's problems. He of himself, he in and of himself is, is the answer, is always re reassuring to me. And there's nothing like serving Jesus, nothing like it. And, and, and look, because I can't fully understand all that he is, because I can't always foresee everything that he desires to, to show me and, and tell me, man, it makes serving him that much more exciting. It really does. Not, not that I'm a, a, you know, like an adrenaline junkie or anything, but, but it just makes it really exciting. And man, I, I get to wake up. We get to wake up. Let me, let me put it that way. We get to wake up every single day and say, okay, Jesus, what's on the docket today? Like, what do you have for me today? Who do you want me to minister to today? God, how are you going to use me today? Lord, Lord, how are you going to change my life today? And, and so because that's the reality 
of this faith journey that we're on. Not, not always fully understanding, not always fully knowing everything he has in store for us. Because that's the reality, we must be able to hear his voice. We must be able to hear his voice. We, we must be able to know when it's him speaking or just us thinking. Because there's, there's a difference. Most of the time, it's, it's a stark difference, by the way. Like we have to be able to discern the voice of God from all the other voices around us. Because the reality is, right, at times his voice can be drowned out by all the other voices. It really can. Oftentimes, at least for me, his voice gets overshadowed by the loudness of my voice. It's so true. And so it is paramount for us as believers to be able to hear, to hear his voice. And, and look, if I, had to, if I had to pick one, like, like if, I had to, if I had to pick one question that I get asked the most as a pastor, right? I've been pastoring, lead pastoring for 10 years, been in full-time ministry for 13 years, basically the entire time I've been saved, God called me straight into the ministry. It's, it's amazing what he can do if you just give him your life, right? And, and over all those, those years of, of following Jesus, I've had some incredible opportunities, man. I've got to preach in other cities and in other countries, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them, and even with a translator, which has been really challenging, but it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. But everywhere I go, there's always one common question that I, that I get asked, and that is, how do I hear the voice of God? That's the one question I get asked more than any other question. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. How to hear the voice of God with a message titled, Faith to Hear. Come on, tell your neighbor, have faith to hear. Amen. It's a good question to get the answer to. And, and let me just start out by saying this. There's a determining factor in being able to hear the voice of God. And it's very simple. You gotta be a sheep. You have to be a sheep, period. That's why Jesus says in John chapter 10, he says very clearly, my sheep they hear my voice. My, my sheep hear my voice. And so that's the very first thing that you and I must become in order to hear the voice of God is we gotta become a sheep. Look at your neighbor, say, you better be a sheep. <laughs> Look at your other neighbor and say, that's where the smell comes from, right? Like, <laughs> and give him like a, just a little nod. <clears throat> we gotta become a sheep. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. So in order to be able to hear the voice of God, we must be one of God's sheep. Now, I want you to think about this just for a second. What is the main difference between a believer and a non-believer? What's the main difference between the, these two, two people? Well, I think it'd be pretty obvious. The believer has given their life to Christ. The non-believer isn't, hasn't. Right? The believer has a personal relationship with Jesus. They have become a sheep. Another way to say this would be this. The, the, the main difference between a believer and a non-believer is the believer has this personal relationship with a personal, personal God. And, but, but here's the thing. I want you to think about this. There are some churches 
right, in some denominations who would say that God doesn't speak anymore, that God isn't still speaking, that after the canonization of scripture, which is just a fancy way of saying after the Bible was put together and it was laid out from Genesis to to Revelation, after they they processed it and put it all together, everything in it, right, is according to God's plan, by the way. God set it up for it to be organized exactly how it is, it is organized. You know, I have people say, well, why the, the, the book of uh, Thomas in there, the book of Enoch? Because God didn't want it there. That's, that's why it's not in there. Why the Dead Sea Scroll when the old script? Because God said, no, no, this is my word right here. It's the inherent word of God. It's perfect for teaching, rebuking, reproving, and encouraging and correcting and, t- and learning, right? So... It's perfect, but, but some would say that after the canonization of scripture, God stopped speaking. That he stopped speaking because he didn't need to keep speaking because he said everything he needed to be saying in the Bible. This is what they're saying. But that doesn't make any sense. It absolutely makes no sense. And, and, and the reason I say that, man, is I have a major, major problem with that kind of thinking. And here's why. Because here we are, we're telling people as Christians, we're telling people as believers to non-believers, listen, you can come and have a personal relationship with God, right? That's what we tell them because the Bible's clear. The Bible says that God sent his only begotten son to die on the earth. Why? So that he could make us in right standing with God, in right relationship with the father, drawing his people back to himself through the sacrifice of his son, Jesus, and through his resurrection, so, so now, because of what Jesus has done, we have the ability to have a personal relationship with an amazing good God. This is what we're telling him. But see, if, if God doesn't speak any longer, then what we are actually saying to them is this. Hey, you can have a relationship with God, but he isn't going to speak to you. He isn't going to speak to you because he doesn't want to, to speak to you. Now, now, how personal can you get to know someone if you don't speak to that someone and they don't speak back to you, how personal can you get? Could you imagine if in premarital counseling, when this couple, they're all excited about getting married and they, and they come in, I love it, right? They come in and they're all pumped up about it. And, but what if I said to them, well, hey, listen, you know what? <clears throat> After you get married, the wife can't speak to the husband. No more. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, I wish the pastor said that to me, but <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. <clears throat> I hope not. Imagine that. If I looked at the husband, I said, hey, on that day, I need you to say I do. But then every day following that day, she's not going to speak to you. Mm-mm. She'll ignore you. She's just going to write you, you off. How personal, how personal could they actually get with one another? How well could they know one another if they never spoke to, to one another? Not very, not very personal whatsoever. Now, now, to be honest with you, when, when, when people come to me, it's typically, right, unless they ain't married yet, but after they have been married, they come to me, it's typically not because they're trying to give me a testimony. I'm, I'm just telling you. They come because there's problems in their marriage. They're, they're trying to figure it out, which is, okay, great. But, but they'll come because they're, they're hurting and they're broken. And, and do you know what I'm, I'm telling you? 95% of the time, it's the reason they're having all the problems is because one spouse won't speak to the other spouse. It's the lack of communication that has created this division between the husband and the wife. 
It just is. And so one of the first things I have to say to them is this, listen, you've got to start being open and honest. You have to start talking, open your mouth and explain what's happening within you, how you're, you're feeling. Because the reality is if you don't communicate, how can your spouse know what you want? How can your spouse know what you need? They can't. Listen, men and women's needs are different, period. They're different. I minister to a bunch of them. And every time, they're completely different. And so if, if you don't communicate that, then how is your spouse gonna know what you need? How, how's your spouse gonna know what you want? How, how is that going to, how are you going to know your spouse's expectations if they don't tell you? You can't. Because communication is the key to a healthy relationship. And guess what? It's the same way with God. It's the same exact way with God. But if, if God doesn't speak anymore, how can we become personal in our relationship with him? How can we grow in this healthy relationship with God? And so the very first thing we must realize and understand and come to the reality is, is this, God's still speaking. God is still speaking today. And because he's still speaking, he's still moving. And because he's still moving, he's still healing. And because he's still healing, he's still performing signs, wonders, and miracles. That's why we prayed the way we pray, because we believe it. We believe it. See, God is the same yesterday. This is what the Bible says. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the exact same. So everything he spoke in the Bible, he's willing to speak to us today, directly to us. And because he spoke to them back then, he desires to speak to us today. And the reason he speaks to us today is so that we can have a healthy relationship with God tomorrow. That's why he does it. It's that, it's that simple. So the difference between a believer and a non-believer is a personal relationship with God. A believer has the ability to speak to God and then hear from God. That's what we, we have. I want you to think about it, about it this way. If a believer and a non-believer, both of them are in search of a new job. Let's just, let's just use this. It's a simple illustration. That's why I've used it a few times lately, by the way. Not because I'm dealing with somebody on this, by the way. My wife's like, why do you keep using this illustration? You deal? I'm like, no, this ain't a venting session for you. Like, but it's just simple. If a believer and a non-believer were both looking for jobs, they would do a lot of the same things in order to find a job, right? They might go on Indeed or, or whatever, right? Like they're gonna start looking for a job description. They're gonna do their due diligence. They're gonna see how much the job pays, where the job is located, in what city, how's the schools around that job. Like they're gonna do all these, these different things. And a lot of it is the exact same, same way both of them would do, whether you're a believer or a non-believer. But, but the difference between the two is this. The, the believer prays. They, they pray, or at least they, they better, be, better be praying way too often. I do. I have Christians come in and say, hey, I'm getting a new job. It pays better. It's, it's in a better city, yada, yada, yada. And I say, okay, well, what did God say? They look at me like I got two heads. Like, what? Well, it pays better. I'm like, listen, just because something offers you more money or more opportunity don't mean it's what God has for you. It just doesn't. Sometimes it does but sometimes it doesn't. This is why we gotta be, be hearing from God. And so, anyway, the difference between a believer and a non-believer in the search of anything in this life is, is prayer. Being able to speak to God and have God speak back. Now listen, and I think this is important to realize, 
prayer is not just about us talking. It's also about us listening. I would make an argument that it's the most important part, listening. And you've heard me say this before. Hey, there's this evangelist named Daniel Kalinda, right? And he, he said it this way. He said, he said man, this lady asked, hey, how, how do you pray? What's the best way to pray? He said, shut up. That's what he said, just like that. That's the best way to pray, shut up. Way too often, we feel the need to fill our entire time with God with a bunch of words. But we can't be listening if we're always talking. So prayer isn't just about talking, it's also about listening. And man, this is such an important part of a healthy relationship with God, a personal relationship with God. Being able to hear the voice of God, having faith to hear, super important. Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 27, he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me when I call. And see, by by Jesus making that statement, not only is he saying, I will speak to you and I desire to speak to you, but he is also saying this, if you're my sheep, you'll know my voice. And I know I've said that a couple of times, but there's something else that he's trying to to, to get us privy to, for us to to realize, right? We, we We gotta catch it. If you are my sheep, you will know my voice. In other words, Jesus is simply saying this, if you are my sheep, my voice is innate inside of you. That it's hardwired in the deepest part of who you are. It's, it's natural, it's instinctual within you, the voice of God. If you're a sheep following God, it's already, it's already in you. And if that's the case, because that's what Jesus says very clearly, my sheep will hear my voice, they'll hear it. So, so it's innate. And so if that's the case, the problem has to be is we just don't realize it. We don't, we don't realize it. Listen to me, God created us with the ability to communicate because he des- desires to communicate with us. That's why he did it. We're the only species that can communicate like this. Maybe you think, well, my dog communicates. Well, okay, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you can go home just to the tone of your voice. You can be like, oh, you stupid mutt, come here. And they'll dance and jump and wag their tail. They'll lick you. They, they, We're the only species that communicates in the way that we communicate and comprehend everything that is is being said to us most of the time, really. God created us to communicate with him. So, So the only requirement that we have to meet in order to hear the voice of God is we gotta be a sheep. And then it's innate inside of us. It's natural, it's instinctual. Now, maybe, maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, that sounds really good, Pastor Keith, but I still can't hear the voice of God. <laughs> it sounds really good, but, but I still don't hear it. To which I would reply very simply, it's because you have to learn it. It's learned. The voice of God has to be learned. Well, wait a minute. I thought you said it was innate. Yeah, I did. It's natural. Okay, well, then, then, then why would I... Why would I have to learn it? Well, you had to learn to talk when you were a kid, right? Right? You had to learn to talk. You had to learn to listen while you were a child, right? 
Like, I don't think anybody here come up out of the womb like, yo, what's up, doc? Let me get the blanket. I'm cold. Wash me off. You know what I mean? Like, that didn't, that didn't happen. You had to be taught. You had to, to learn how to communicate. And you actually, right, you, you started out gooing and gone, right? Like, goo, God, right? I love that. We just had some, some friends over, our God kids over, and man, he's seven months old. And now he's so cute. But the gooing and gone has now started, which is amazing, right? But then you go from that gooing and gone just to mama, right? Dada. And no, or mine. Kids know mine super quick. Like mine, everything's mine. But you had to learn to communicate. A learning process had to take place. And I'd actually say we, we learned to, to talk a whole lot quicker than we learned to listen. I'm telling you, my goodness, man, my kids, the older they get, the worse they listen. Like I, I'm, not, I'm like, what's happening? I'm doing something wrong, Lord. Yeah, <laughs> Probably because they won't shut up long enough to listen. But my, my, my point is very simply that we, we have to learn to communicate. Even as people, we had to learn how to talk and how to, how to listen. And it's the same thing with hearing the voice of God. We, we have to learn how to hear God's voice. You know, there's a story in the scriptures in 1 Samuel chapter 3. And this displays it really well for us. See, what this story is about is the prophet Samuel, but he's not a prophet yet. He's just a little boy. And see, he was about to be used by God to speak to God's people on behalf of God. So it was imperative for him to know, just like us. Did you know that's your call? Your call is to share with the world, with those around you, the word of God. That's your job. That's what God's called you to. But Samuel, this, this was the call on his life. And so he had to be able to hear the voice of God. He was a little boy at the time. It's in the middle of the night. He's sleeping. And God calls out to him and he says, here I am. That was what God said to Samuel. Here I am. Of course, Samuel takes off running to, to, to Eli's room. Eli was the high priest. It was his accountability. It was, it was the man over him trying to teach him, to, to walk with him, to help him discern what God was calling him to. He was accountable to Eli, which is very important. We gotta be an accountable people. But anyway, he runs to Eli and he, and he says, hey, did you call me? Here I am. You said, here I am. So here I am. Do, do, do you need me? Eli says, no, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Samuel, confused. He's like, I know I heard something. He goes back, goes back to bed, lays back down. A second time, God calls this time, calls out to him by name. Samuel, he jumps up out of bed and runs back down to Eli's room. Here I am. Here I am. Eli's like, whoa, 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 what is wrong with you, boy? Like, I'm tired, I'm old, I can't see, I can barely hear. Go back to bed. This is, this is how the scripture plays it out for us. So Samuel returns to go back to bed. A third time, the voice of God calls out to Samuel. A third time. And the scripture says this in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. It's so good. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor had the word of the Lord been revealed to him yet. In other words, he hadn't learned to hear the voice of God. And so when God spoke, he didn't know who was, 
was speaking. And so God is so gracious, by the way, the word of the Lord kept coming back to him, back to him, kind of like Jonah, this is how gracious God is. He'll keep coming and bringing you a word because he desires to speak to you and you to hear him speak. But it comes back a third time to Samuel. Again, he runs down to Eli's room. But this time, Eli says, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, that's the voice of God speaking to you. And he begins to train him. He begins to help him discern God's voice. And he says, hey, go back and, and, and lay down. Go lay down. And when the voice comes to you again, this is what I want you to say to, to the voice. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. This is what I want you to say, Samuel. This is what Eli's telling him. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In other words, tell the Lord, Lord, I am your sheep. I'm, I'm here to follow you. I'm here to, to come wherever you tell me to come and do whatever you want me to do. I'm, I'm listening. I'm your sheep. You know, when I have people ask me, how do I hear the voice of God? Which, by the way, I love the question because it tells me you, you desire to hear God's voice. Some Christians don't even desire to hear his voice. And so I love, I love the question. But when I'm instructing them how to go about hearing the voice of God, I, it's, it's, I, I keep it really simple. I tell them, I say, first of all, what, what you gotta do is go and turn on worship music. So, so get all by yourself. Shut the door, shut the phone off, shut the alerts off and the notifications off, or just leave it out in the garage, I don't know. Somewhere where you can't hear it. And just turn on worship music and, and begin to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Get to the place where you are giving him your full and undivided attention. Your only attention and intention is to spend time with him. That's it. There is nothing else. Like you're not going to him for a word. You're going to him for him. And you shut everything else out. Then you say, speak, Lord. Your servant or your sheep is listening. And when you get to that place, right, where you've, you've shut the doors, you're by yourself, you've got worship music on, then you begin to pray. You just begin to, to talk to God. And how you begin to pray is very important because you begin to pray that God would remove the burdens of this life from you. Did you know that's what prayer is? See, a lot of us don't do prayer right. Prayer is a, is, a, is a shifting of the burden. I come to God burdened. I pray to give him the burden. Come to me, all of you who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. But see, we take it on ourselves like we're the ones that's got to carry it. But God says, no, 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 that's too, that's too heavy for you. Bring it to me. That's what prayer is. It's a transitioning of one's burden to God. And so you come to God, you get the worship music on, you're by yourself, you're, you're focused in on Jesus, and you begin, you begin to pray. And you begin to cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you, right? And then you know what you do? You wait. You wait until all life's worries fade. Because I'm telling you, in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. I don't care what's going on. You enter into his presence, it's perfect peace. Perfect rest. This place of perfect bliss, to be honest with you. It's amazing. Matter of fact, when you enter into that place, you never want to leave it. That becomes the problem. Lord, I never want to leave here. My wife's like, well, you got to. You got to go get the kids. Well, I know, but, but here I am. 
Here I am, Lord, your servant is here. Speak, speak to me. And listen to me, this takes time. It takes time. There's, there's no, no shortcuts to this. There's no shortcuts. So while we're sitting there, we're praying, we're focused on Jesus, we begin, we begin reading his word. And it takes, it takes time. And after, after right, we, we're waiting and we're reading, which by the way, listen, when you're worshiping, you're praying and you start reading, actually start reading. Don't turn on a podcast. Don't turn on some other preacher. Don't do that. I'm not saying those things are bad, but don't do that. If you're trying to hear the voice of God, turn all that off. Don't listen to some Bible app. Don't even listen to the Bible app that reads the Bible to you. No, 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 no. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. Get into the word of God yourself. And you begin praying, God, help me to discern what you're saying. And as you're reading, you're praying, Father, give me wisdom. Holy Spirit, open up the word of God to me. And then you know what you start doing? You start journaling. Just start writing. Whatever you feel like God is speaking to you, whatever you think God is sharing with you in that moment, you just begin to, to write it out. This is what God is saying to me right now. This is what he's, he's saying to me. I'm telling you, when I first gave my life to Christ, now I was separated from the entire world, right? I was in a rehab facility. There was nothing to do, so it did help. I'm just gonna be honest, because I, I, I had all day but I would spend hours and hours and hours doing exactly this. I would come worship Jesus. I'd begin to pray, let everything fade away, begin to read the word and just start journaling. Just start journaling what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. And you know, I can remember, man, early on in my walk with Christ, he would wake me up at midnight often and I'd spend all night doing it, all night doing it. I remember when I was first trying to understand that it was God calling me and pulling me and prodding me to spend time with him. I told a friend of mine, Pastor Justin Maslink, I said, man, I don't know, man. I keep waking up at midnight and my whole insides are shaking and I can't, I can't seem to get comfortable anymore. I, I, and and I, I, what, what do I do? He said, well, that's God trying to speak to you, Keith. Get up and start leaning into him. Man, so I did that for, for days on end, days on end, months on end, and then years from then. Spend all night worshiping, reading, and writing. And after time, what happens is, is you start to develop ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to you. You begin to know the character of God, the nature of God, and then you can hear God. And then you'll know when it's not God. That's not God. It can't be God. It can't be. That isn't God. That's not his character. That's not his nature. That's not how he would speak. And this is how I... I tell people, listen, there is no shortcuts to it. You want to learn the voice of God? It's got to take your time. You've got to give your time to God. And the reason many of us cannot hear the voice of God is because we don't have the time to spend with God. We're too busy. Well, I'm too busy. I got this, I got that, I got this, I got this. But yet we'll spend, however, I bet you look at your phone time and you got all kind of time, FaceTime on this thing. All kind of screen time on your phone. The reason why a lot of us don't hear the voice of God is because we're more concerned with hearing the voice of Facebook than we are the voice of God. And believe me when I tell you, I'm speaking to myself. I'm speaking to myself. This is how the Lord is, is convicting, convicting me. Now we gotta start spending time with the Lord. Do you know the, the Bible says this study to show yourself approved? That's what the word of God tells us. 
The reason that other voices can drown out the voice of God is because we're more intent on listening to their voice than his voice. This is why they drowned out him. The reason our voice becomes the loudest voice is because we've learned to talk, but we haven't learned to listen. And if we wanna hear the voice of God, we gotta learn it, we gotta study to show ourselves approved. And again, studying and learning, it takes time, church. It takes time. So, so although his voice is innate, that if we are a sheep, we've given our hearts to him, it's hardwired in us, we still have to take the time to learn it. We still got a hunger and thirst to learn it. And man, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, if, if, you, if you do this, your faith journey with Jesus will be so exciting, you, you literally don't want to do, you won't know what to do with yourself. You'll be like, oh my goodness, God actually can speak. When you hear his voice for the first time, I mean, it'll blow your mind. Like what? What did you say, Lord? It's amazing. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow when I call. The only requirement to hear the voice of God is you have to be a sheep. That's the only requirement. Then it's hardwired and then you just gotta learn it. You do that by worship prayer, leaning into the word and begin writing what God is speaking. We've got to be a people who desire to hear his voice because he desires to speak to us and reveal his voice to us. He really does. It's actually amazing. Now, I've, I've told you all on several different occasions already this year that I'm really excited about what God has spoken to us for and over us as a church body for 2022. Super excited about it. And I can't wait to, to share with you the announcement that we have next Sunday, March 6th. I can't wait to tell you. I can't wait. Because man, we are going to be revealing a critical part of what God is doing in us and, and what he desires to do through us. I'm gonna be sharing with you what God has, has shared with, with us and the leadership team now for, for weeks on end. And I'm telling you, this, this announcement will be life-changing for many in our community and for many of, of us. I, I know it will be. And we're gonna do all of it for his glory. And, and so hear me, if you don't wanna miss history, make sure you're, you're here next Sunday, March 6th. I'm telling you, God's gonna write an amazing story through this announcement and what he's called us to do. Now, maybe you're wondering, well, why, why hasn't he already shared with us what God has shared with him? So I'll, I'll, tell, you, I'll tell you why. See, there's a process that goes about that has to take place when hearing the voice of God, when hearing a word of God. See, before I can come to the entire church family, right, church body, I've got to discern and make sure what God is speaking, what I hear God saying is, is what God is actually saying and make sure the timing is right that I'm, that I'm saying it. Because sometimes God will speak something, but yet it's not the timing for it. And so I gotta make sure I'm hearing clearly. And man, I have it, what I do is, is I gotta have it confirmed on the mouth of two or three witnesses. I have to. You know why? Because the Bible says it. The Bible says on the mouth of two or three witnesses, let that be done. Let it be done. And so I take the Bible very seriously and very literally. And so when I hear the voice of God, yes, I begin worship and prayer and Right? I begin fasting and I begin reading and I begin journaling. I begin doing all those, 
all those things, but I'm also at the same time asking God reveal it to two or three witnesses. I need you to do it, Lord. And I ask him to do that through people who aren't yes people, by the way. I do. Because the truth is, if we want someone to confirm something we want confirmed, we know exactly who to go to to get that confirmation. Don't tell me we don't. We all have them. We all have those type of people around us who will tell us exactly what we wanna hear all the time. So I don't go to those people. Instead, I go to people who have told me what I don't wanna hear on multiple occasions. Because what I found out in, in life is this, a, a lot of times, a lot of us, uh, us get ourselves in trouble because we only surround ourselves with yes people. And, and I call those people co-signers, right? They just co-sign everything for you. Like, like you've only given them the authority to come into agreement with what you said. You haven't given them the authority to disagree with what you're saying God is saying to you. And see, when this happens, we'll, we'll go throughout life with not a single red light, not a single stop sign, not one, which is, is, is very dangerous place to be, by the way, because we got to realize that stop signs and red lights are just as important as the green light and the go. The stop is just as important, if not more important. So we got to have people that we are accountable to that will bring those things to our attention. Because if we don't, listen to me, we will turn Jesus into a cosigner. I've seen it done on multiple occasions with people. They turn Jesus, Jesus is just here to cosign everything I think, everything I think I hear. Like, that's what he's there for. But see, Jesus isn't a cosigner, he is the shepherd king. That's what he is. He's the shepherd king. We are his sheep. So he tells us what we are to do and when we are to do those things. And see, he has designed for us to be accountable to one another, to people around us. But if we haven't given anybody that type of authority in our life to tell us no, to tell us stop, to, to say, hold up, whoa, 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 then man, we'll find ourselves in life. Saying God told us something when God didn't speak it, or at very best, he only told you a portion of it because we see in part and so we prophesy in part. So we only see a lot of times a piece of it. This is why we need the, the mouth of two or three witnesses to confirm it, that's why. And Jesus leaves it up to us to choose who we put around us. Jesus leaves it up to, we're allowed to, to put the people around us that we give authority to. And, and this, is, this is very important for us to choose to be accountable to people. It's very important to give people authority over our lives, to speak in, into our, our lives, of, especially when it comes to, to hearing the voice of God. Because the truth is not a single one of us hear perfectly from heaven. We don't. We don't. And so when I hear the word of, of God come to me, the very first thing I start doing, first thing I start fasting. Then I start worshiping. Then I start praying. Then I start reading. And then I start, start writing. And then, then after that, right, I start asking God to reveal it to those around me. And then the very first person I take it to is my wife. And, and here's why. So the Bible says that my wife is my help meet, M-E-E-T, my help meet, interesting way to put it. And what it means is she's there to help me meet the requirements that God has placed on my life. She's there to help me to discern the voice of God and the word of God, just like I'm there for her in the same type of measure, right? But that's her first duty, right? As my wife, my first duty as her husband to help one another meet the requirements 
of God, the word that God has, has given us. And, and see, God is, is so good, right? Because God knows, knows this, that I need someone around me 24 seven who loves to tell me no more than they tell me yes, because my problem is never go, my problems always stop. That's just me and I know that about myself. And, and, and I have an incredible wife, a woman of God, who will tell me quickly, like, hold up, let, let's pray, let's, let's fast. But, but I take it to her. And here's the thing, right? I know a, a lot of guys who, who don't give their wife no authority in their life, not at all. They couldn't tell them no, even if they wanted to tell them no. So now they got a built-in yes man at this point, yes woman in this case, right there at home, which is very, very dangerous for anybody. But the beautiful truth is about my wife is very simply, she's very cautious about hearing the word of God. She's learned to hear the voice of God over the years that we've spent together pressing into the Lord. And I know that her heart is very simple for us to fulfill what God has called us to fulfill. I'm very comfortable with her yes and her no because I know she's given her full yes to Jesus. I know that. And so when I'm dealing with the word of God, right, asking her, hey, what do you, what do you think? I trust her. Which, by the way, is very important for every one of us, right? The people you put around you that has authority over your life to direct you and to guide you and to hold you accountable, first and foremost, they better have a personal relationship with Jesus. Jesus better have their full yes. If not, they're giving you the wisdom of man and not the wisdom of God. It's just, it's just the reality. It's just the reality. Don't allow anyone around you have authority over you unless they've given their full yes to Jesus. But look, after I get the word right from, from God, first I start fasting, worshiping, praying, reading, journaling, taking it to my, to my wife. And my wife usually says, well, let's both begin to fast. Okay, I've already been fasting, but okay, join the party, honey, you know. But, but we'll begin to fast together. And if God does confirm it, because he doesn't always confirm it with her. So she says, hey, this ain't time for it. And then it stops there. But if, she do, if he does confirm it to her, then typically it's through a dream or a vision. This is how God speaks to my wife, is through dreams and, and visions. After that, if God does confirm that word, I call the elders of the church. Hey guys, this is what's happening. This is what I feel like God's speaking. And typically all it is is a confirmation of what God has already said, right? But that's the, that's the process. After I tell the elders, I begin to call people that's around me, that I've placed strategically around me, that I've given authority over me to pray for me. People I know who sincerely care for me deeply and all they wanna see is God's word fulfilled in my life. I know they pray, I know they fast, I know they hunger for the word of God. And so we pray, my wife and I and all of us will join together and pray, Lord, you gotta confirm this word. Like you have to confirm it through the mouth of two or three witnesses. And we ask him, give dreams and visions, Lord, give them so that we know. And we won't even reveal everything to one another so that all the information isn't there. So that if God reveals a piece of the information that I have, but I didn't give them, but they bring it to me, then I know that's God. There's no way for them to dream about that when I didn't tell them anything about that. And so the, the reason I, I tell you this is because that's the process that it takes to bring a word to you that God has been speaking to us. That's the process and it takes a while. This has taken, by the way, years of prayer, months of fasting and praying now, months. And it takes that long at times, depending on the gravity of the word. See, when God is changing, or not even changing, but adding direction 
to the vision that he's already given, man, that's a heavy weight. That's okay, Lord. We gotta hear clearly. Like, like we can't mess this up. We can't. We've gotta be able to hear it. I wanted to share it with you because it's not like, oh, well, Pastor Keith had a good thought. He brings it in and we just do it because it sounds good and because it looks good. That's not the way it goes down. It's through a lot of prayer, a lot of fasting, a lot of people banding together and saying, God, speak to us. Help us to fulfill the word you've called us to fulfill. Like, look, none of us should be operating out on an island, by the way. I don't care what business you're in. I don't care in your homes. Men, you need to be accountable to the voice of God and to those around you that love you, not people who are going to mismanage their authority over you, by the way. But that will literally come and they sincerely care. What is God saying? They want to see you thrive and succeed. Those are the people you put around you to help you discern the voice of God. Just like Samuel had Eli. He was accountable to Eli. Eli helped him to fulfill what God was calling him to. And see, that's what the church is supposed to play a, a vital role in our lives, right? Like that. That's what it's supposed to do. And so look, man, this announcement that we're going to make next week has come through a lot of tears, <laughs> a lot of prayers, a lot of missed meals, amen. It's come through a lot that we've had to toil through. God's revealed it through several dreams and several visions. And we'll share some of that with you next week. But man, I hope that, that you take the initiative to be here next week to hear what God is, is doing in us in us as a body, because it's gonna be really exciting. Take the initiative to invite someone with you, man. Because man, I'm telling you, it's, a, it's an exciting brand new journey that God is taking us on. It's a brand new journey. <laughs> and we need him and his voice. We gotta be able to hear his voice and discern it, amen. So listen, this week, man, as you go through this week, I really want you to focus on trying to hear the voice of God. Try to hear the voice of God. Do those things I said to do. And I promise you, you won't be disappointed. God will speak to you in profound ways. Father, I thank you for each and every person that is here. I thank you that you call us your sheep, Father. Jesus, I thank you that you say your, your voice is hardwired in us. I thank you for that. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom to learn your voice. Holy Spirit, begin to reveal the voice of God to us this week. Lord, I pray that you would put a hunger in each and every one of our hearts to want to learn to hear your voice. I pray that. Lord, I speak a blessing over your people. I pray protection over them. I pray strength upon them. And I pray, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts for this, for this announcement next week. I pray, God, that you would open our ears so that we have ears to hear what you're saying in these seasons ahead of us. Help us to all come and be excited together. Let it speak to our hearts. And I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen, amen.